Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Well, here we are in three separate TMO shipping containers in isolation, uh, which uh, well, is the responsible and the right thing to do, uh, safety first. Uh, but we are not going to stop doing a podcast for you. This is the first of two podcasts, in fact. So let me uh, cross to TMO shipping container number one in, well, in, in mighty Chalton. JB, how are you doing? I'm very well. Now, throughout our time doing egg chasers, we have made a little bit of money do, do, doing these podcasts and people laughed at us. They laughed at us for spending it all on triple redundancy shipping containers because we knew one day we'd need all three of them. <laughs> <laughs> and now to the suburbs, or as JB calls it, give upville, when, when a garage matters more to you than bars and restaurants. Mind you, they're all shut, they're all shut now. I'd take a home gym over loads of bars and restaurants nearby. Phil Lager. Hello. Hello, Tim. Hello, JB. Hello, mate. Uh, and more importantly, how are how are both of your wives at the minute? Both uh, on the front line there, t- anaesthetists uh, who are going to be keeping us all safe and well. How are they doing? Um, so far, so good actually. There doesn't seem to be that much going on at the moment. It sounds ridiculous, but in terms of patients, I don't think um, I don't think the, the tidal wave has hit yet. Mm. Yeah, that that's exactly right in terms of patients. In terms from- of planning, it's more it's difficult. Yeah, the planning, God, because. The hospitals just aren't set up. They, they've never considered this kind of scenario when everything's set up. So Claire, Claire this week has been looking at um, splitting the maternity ward into two and mm. um, putting up new theatres and new ventilators and new everything, um, in massively increasing the capacity. So that there's a huge, huge amount of planning going into keeping everyone fit and well or as well as they possibly can be. Really interesting story yesterday from I think one of the consultants in Bolton they were playing around with ventilators seeing if they can ventilate two people from one ventilator and they just didn't have the valves available so obviously they nipped over to Screwfix told them <laughs> the valves that they needed and Screwfix could not be more helpful so I mean, that's not what they're planning to do but in the event that they need to split a ventilator between two people it's nice to know that they've thought that through and that Screwfix came uh, Screwfix <laughs> came through and there's some there's some other incredible stories of innovation for PPE and other things um, that some Claire's told me. So really, um, really incredibly imp- impressed in very difficult circumstances already, and it's only going to get more difficult. Well, it's not going to be as difficult as recording a podcast from from three different locations, is it? <laughs> so whatever they're going through. We've we've got the, each one of these shipping containers was one million pounds. We have the best technology available to us. We're I know. Fine. All to mitigate the tax bill. <laughs> rightly so, rightly so. Okay, so here we go. Um, th- this particular podcast is going to be sort of a general. Um, there's lot. There's, there's still um, amazingly with no rugby whatsoever. There's still plenty to talk about in the world of rugby. Uh, so we're going to dig into that one. We did also on the last podcast set some homework, which was to watch the. World Cup quarterfinal from 1999 between New Zealand and France, the, the amazing game at Twickenham, one of the greatest games ever, mm. and uh, and we're gonna we're gonna break that one down in a, in another podcast. So the message is: hit subscribe in that feed, download them all, tell your mates, uh, and we're at Rugby Podcast in the cesspit on Twitter. We are um, well, he's at Jay Beardmore, I'm at Cocker. Phil is lurking; he'll let you know when when he wants you to hear from him. Uh, but let's let's get into it then. So the RFU this week have suspended the rest of the season in all leagues from the championship down, and they've they ha- they've said they'll work out what's going to happen next. Mm. Yeah. So um, big news from that. The big upshot is 
Disbury Togh finished second in the league uh, <laughs> because the league's just basically, well, they just basically froze, didn't they? So we were one point ahead of Liverpool St. Helens uh, with one game in hand. So they would definitely have overtaken us if they'd have won all their games. And they're a good team, so you, you would expect them to do that. But yeah, really weird end of season. You, you know, you kind of end up in a position that you, in our case, maybe we didn't quite deserve it. We certainly didn't, didn't earn it. But yeah, it just freezes as it is. So we're second, which is weird. And, and in the championship, uh, so Newcastle are 18 points clear, but Ealing Trailfinders are said to be readying the legal action in the event that the Falcons are handed automatic promotion because Ealing say, well, we've got a game in hand and we still have to play Newcastle. So uh, the gap at the moment does not reflect where it could be. Um, Premier League football say that they need, at all costs, they need to preserve the integrity of the competition. Should rugby go the same route? What, what should the solution be here? Um, now, in the championship, so Newcastle have also put out a statement, haven't they, fairly recently, um, basically highlighting that um, Newcastle haven't lost a game. Indeed, they played Ealing away and got a bonus point win in a game which Ealing got nothing out of. Ealing have lost one other and drawn one other. So while it is 18 points, albeit Ealing have got a game in hand, I think the, the very strong contention from Newcastle is that the season is pretty much done. Um, and certainly that's what they'll be pushing for. for yeah, I mean, to have, but have the, the, Premier League, the Premier League football season is pretty much done. It is. It is. <laughs> but they're, but the, basically the Premier League is saying, no, the integrity of the sport is important. Unless you actually win it, you don't win it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it reminds me of the World Cup. Well, in particular, it reminds me of Scotland um, floating the idea of legal action because of the nil-nil draw. Now, in that yeah. case, the situation was Scotland were like absolute idiots because with everything going on, it's only it really is only just sport. And I think what thirteen or sixteen people died during the um, during the, uh, the the typhoons in in, uh, in Japan. Well. And this case is substantially more difficult. It's bigger. It's obviously much more impactful on the the entire the entirety of the UK. I just think e- e- Ealing. I mean, I don't know if this is, is this official. Have, have the club said this? So the DOR, the DOR has muted the idea that they could look at this, depending on what the outcome is. It's, well, it's not, they've not definitely not officially done anything. We know Saracens are coming down. We know we can't play that league with an extra team and leave the Premiership without a team. Saracens have to come down, which is really unusual, actually, now I'm, now, now I'm thinking it through. So I guess you'd just keep the league intact and keep Newcastle down. But I think the, the bigger story here... Well, just, uh, can we be clear on this? Because I, I, I'm still a little bit unsure. Uh, yes, I, 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 yeah, I think you're right in saying Saracens have to come down, but... Again, they haven't been handed relegation. They've been handed effective relegation. I haven't seen it written anywhere. Oh. Where... No, you've got three different um, punishments for Saracens, right? So, sorry, just give me two, uh, two, two seconds. Oh, sorry. No, that's better. I'm just finishing off with Hogan Dos. Do you want to so, beanbag? <laughs> yeah, Why? I thought I could hear it. It just sounds like you got a beanbag. I, I, yeah. I, it was just an unmistakable sound. The unmistakable <laughs> sound of the beanbag. Wow. So, okay, so there's three different punishments for Saracens. Um, one is the punishment they were initially handed, the 35 points. The problem with the 35 points is they might have recovered from it. So then they got hit with automatic relegation, which is a separate thing for the current season not being able to get underneath the, underneath the salary gap and therefore not showing the premiership their books. So that's automatic relegation. Then they got a third thing, which was a further 77 points. And I just the, yeah, like the 17 points was to ensure, A, they got purged again, but more likely it was there to avoid any legal compl- complications of them finishing above Leicester Tigers or whoever else it would be, because the rules state in the, in the premiership that the bottom team finishes last. So you could have Saracens relegated and yet still okay. a bottom team. So that's why that's 
that is as it is. Of course, that then does throw up a bit of a problem, because timing is a problem here, which is Saracens have to go down. If it was a normal year, you could keep the Premiership as it was, uh, and then you could um, you know, just replay the Championship ne- next year. But the Premiership can't be one team down, so Newcastle have to come up. In my opinion, England should just... You know, it's hard. It's a hard pill pill to swallow, but there are big there, there are bigger forces in uh, involved here, and England as it stands, to go up. I admire everything that they've done, but they need to see see the bigger picture. Shut up and get on with it. Yeah, I kind I do kind of agree with that. Um, what, what would you be saying if Newcastle were four points ahead? Same, really. What would you be saying if it was uh, equal point. points? Yeah, that's, and that's well, where it gets messy. Like, what if Newcastle were one point ahead, but England had a game in hand? You well, know, exactly. That, yeah, it's really difficult. I, you know, I, I, they'd feel as aggrieved as Liverpool St. Helens do right now. But it is what it is. You know, no one planned for this. It isn't, you know, it'd be an absolute scandal if England, say, went up but then they got refused permission because they made up some new rules around the ground or there's a clear, clear conspiracy. But this isn't that. This is a really important falling into a national tragedy. And it's just not the same thing. Yeah. So uh, that's, what, that's where I am. Uh, I feel very sorry for, for England, but I feel uh, more sorry for everyone with real problems. So that's where we are at. Yeah, it's not as it is. That... that, that. <laughs> It's, it's not, no one who raises this question or talks about it or points out any nuance. I don't think you can say, but there's, there's really bad stuff going on, so you can't have a discussion about it. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I mean, they're yeah. not necessarily linked. I just, yeah, I, I just think that um, it's a bad look for Ealing and they should just you know, accept it. And they weren't going to go up anyway. Yeah, and so, Jay, to take your point, I think that particularly given where Newcastle are and where Ealing are, I think this if you just hand it to Newcastle right now that is the best solution in this scenario to, yeah. to, to, to take your point if it was one point in it or no points in it I think they'd have to look at another way of resolving it like a Maybe playoff or some such a, thing a playoff behind closed doors or some something like that a playoff but the, the problem with the playoff is you um, the timing of the playoff to allow um, recruitment for next season I mean, the last, the age- thing, last thing Ealing wants to do is win that playoff, but then be unable to recruit any new players. And well, I guess the, I, the ideal situation, well, the, we know what the ideal situation is, but the second least worst situation was keep everything as it is. But because of the punishments handed down to Saracens, you can't do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I think the way Ealing have got to address this is to say. Um, They've learned a lot. Ealing, in the last few years, have come on massively as a club and they're doing very, some very good things. Some very good things um, attracting and, and creating their own talent as well as bringing it in. And in another season or another couple of seasons, because they're probably not, not going to go up next season with Saracens down, yeah. in, an, in another couple of seasons, they will be stronger and they will have a, an even better shot than now, which is probably too soon for them. Yeah, it, there is a, a really good point as well, which is Premiership rugby takes time. Like you're, uh, I don't have, I, you know, I'm not going to say I've seen England play. I know, uh, know what part of their development they're in. But if they're not running Newcastle close at home, they're probably not ready for Premiership rugby. It would be a waste of an awful lot of money to go to the Premiership and go straight back down. They've got it, yeah. they, they would have had to have shown that they are ready. And actually, even Newcastle, who are quote-unquote ready, We'll go up and we'll be favourites to come straight back, straight back down. All right. Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to move the conversation along to the premiership clubs who've, um, well, again, I don't know how many clubs have actually agreed to this. We know that Gloucester, Wasps and Worcester have. Uh, Sale have as well. Uh, well, well, yeah, we, 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 don't, we don't know officially that, but, uh, you know. As, as it, no. Uh, officially, we know that Gloucester, Wasps and Worcester, from April the 1st, uh, the staff of, well, all staff, Besides the lowest earning staff, we'll take 25% pay cut. Bristol and Saracens have also announced pay cuts, um, amounts unconfirmed, and other clubs are in talks currently. Leicester have also done it as well. Leicester. Yeah. 
I'm pretty sure it's across all clubs. I think it's a it's a club agreement. I'm really, I'm really sure it is. Oh no, but, I, I know other clubs. I'm only saying what I know to be true. Yes, okay. what's been reported. It's not been reported as that yet, and it might it might be next week. Yeah, uh, I mean, it gives you an indication of the pressure that these clubs are under now. So yes. we spoke about it a tiny bit last week. How the finances work, which is you've got your match day, you've got your central revenue, and then you've got your ownership subsidy for one And, you know, when things are going well, and you can take your mates to the rugby and you're winning games and whatnot, as an owner, you might be, um, you know, you might be all right with spending that. When, however, something like this happens and, you know, you don't even know, I don't even know if their core businesses are safe, let alone their rugby businesses, it's a lot harder to then fund a wage bill of, you know, quote, nine to ten million. It's very, yeah, very Is difficult. this being put down as dick, uh, uh, diktat, or is this, 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 this has to be voluntary, doesn't it? Well, I mean, I'll let Phil take over, because he'll tell you a bit more about this, but I think we touched on it last week. It's got to be a decision by the players. The players are entitled to the money in, in their contracts, but yeah. by taking it, they might end up with no money. Yeah, that's that's the position where I am. And I thought this move would be inevitable. I'm surprised at the speed that it's happened. So yeah. uh, that that's the real bit that has shocked me, just how quickly the players, the RPA yeah. and the clubs have come to an agreement on this. Yeah. And actually what this suggests to me is if the um, severity of the lockdown um, continues and the, the stop of... Revenue for rugby clubs. I wouldn't actually be surprised if we saw another reduction at some point. Yeah, because because it's it's all exactly as Jay set out. It's all to do with ing- income versus outgoings, revenue yeah, compared to, to your your expenses. So in a way, and this sounds perverse, right? But rugby are in quite a good situation, as in rugby union, because none of the clubs are profitable. The owners are used to handing over uh, handing over cash. Rugby league, on the other hand. A lot of the clubs stand on their own two feet, and you think, "Well, that's well, that's great, surely." But again, that isn't great because if you've got no rich owner backing you, and then your match day income disappears, you're in a lot of trouble. Mm. Yeah, now, and you've got five-year contracts for players. Yeah. So you know, the, people say, "Oh, it's not sustainable." Frankly, it might just be the fact that they do make a loss every year, and they've got wealthy owners that are making this even at all possible. Wouldn't surprise me if you never see rugby league, as in the Super League, ever, ever again. And I hope I'm wrong. But if this continues, I, I don't see how it happens. Well, I also think, and I do not know this, but I also think that the clubs have acted in synchronicity here to cut the salaries across the board. The reason I think that is it'd be very difficult for Worcester or someone like that to say, look, we're cutting your salaries, and for the players to turn around and say, wait a second looking at the sale of sharks and they're not cutting, cutting them at Leicester I wouldn't be surprised at all if this is co- coordinated action because it's the only way to save the league well, in, yeah, the form. in the yeah. same way that the, the salary cap um, yes effect, has the effect of suppressing wages or yeah. or if you let the salary cap go inflating wages but but it, it puts a ceiling on it so you're just lowering the ceiling yeah um, that's that's a really good... if they're all on board yeah that, um, that is a really good comparison the salary cap because the RPA is happy for the salary cap, even though it suppresses all wages, because it allows the league to be sustainable and all the players to be um, well looked after. This is the same. This is reducing players' salaries for the greater good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just a little bit more on that. Um, we all know that CVC deal reduced central income by twenty-seven percent. Okay, so that's a, that's an actual thing. Speculating to accumulate. Uh, well, no, 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 that, sorry, let me just um, rephrase that. When the CVC deal came in, they got a lot of cash, yeah. and those cash lump sums will be, burn, be burning uh, away quite nicely at the moment. But obviously it was done because CVC, I mean the experts at whatever it is, have decided that they can get more money from rugby when they go back out to market. And under normal market conditions, you'd say, absolutely fine. Uh, as it happens, not only has the 27% of income that CVC receives disappeared from Premiership rugby clubs, as it already has done, uh, the broadcasters have also stopped paying, 
which yeah. is so now not only is there no money from CVC, CVC aren't even get, get, getting their getting their central revenue. So clubs are missing out from their match day revenue and also all of their central revenue. So they've literally got one source of income coming in, and that is the owners. So you know, if you're listening to thinking, uh, oh, it'll be all right, or you know, they've still got some money uh, somewhere, it is very limited. I, very, I, presume, very limited. I presume that rugby clubs, just like any other business, if they were in the position where they were laying off staff, they can claim 75% of all wages up to two and a half grand a month for every member of staff, players included. Yeah, I, I think so. I would think yes. so. I, I, would, I would have thought so. Um, albeit um, two and a half grand compared to a player's salary, well, compared to a lot of players' salaries, or certainly the highest paid players' salaries, is yeah. very limited. Yeah. But yeah. Yes, you're, you're, you're quite right, Tim. Um, well, it's just, it's interesting to watch. Again, I'm, I, I think it's, if, if everyone's done it across the board, that's, uh, that's the only way this can work. Cause, I um, think so. Yeah. There's a sort of, I mean, not fairness. I don't want to say, you know, because actually it's fair that you receive the contract that you, the contract that, that you sign, but it'll certainly um, help sweeten the pill uh, for a lot of players knowing that they're all taking a 25% pay cut. Yeah. And well, yeah. And you, you can, you can hold out for your full hundred percent, but then you might be talking to a creditor and getting less than 75%. I've just got a quick question. I've just got a quick question. Why was there first, and this is, this would be what I would do if I was one of the players. Why was there first move not to say, we'll accept a 50% pay cut immediately uh, but only short term. You can pay us back when the TV stops or on the signing of a new deal. Um, we, we don't know how the negotiations have gone. It, they might have gone around a whole circle of negotiation between the clubs and the players and the RPA. To get because that's, to the, uh, I mean, that's what I would have started with. And we, we don't know. We don't know what the, what we, the structure we, we of it is. Yeah, we don't know what the structure It could be that it's... 75% reduction now, but will be repaid um, at some point in the future. Because yeah. the, the salary cap for this year and all the maths for this year still works out, assuming it's 100%. But there is a ma- right now a massive cash flow issue. So theoretically, if the league starts and the revenue start running again, they can all get the 100% of the contract for this year, um, but they just can't take it right now. And to be absolutely clear... Saracens got relegated because they were over the cap this year. Uh, oh, well, well, there I, you go. Well, there you go. <laughs> like, then, if, if they all take a cut, maybe they won't be. <laughs> I'm just saying, I'm just saying, that's a lot of money to cut out the uh, salary cap. If it's not a loan, that's all I'm saying. <laughs> wow. Well, here we go. I'll tell you what, so, something more positive that we can focus on. Have you seen the, the, the videos of the progress that Ma- Michael Fatialofa is making? Fantastic. Yes. yes. Loved it. Really, really good to see. Uh, yeah, I, I saw um, I saw the incident, and it was completely innocuous, which is probably the most scary part. Uh, uh, the most scary part about it, but yeah, fan, uh, fantastic to see him making progress. Yeah, yeah, definitely. We need a few more good news stories at the moment. God. We do. How how are you two managing? Like you know, sticking at home a little bit again. Like you've both got. Why you've both got a permanent reminder of uh, you know the reality of the alternative with wives that are going out and uh, you know getting yeah. ready. Oh, you've said it hasn't kicked in yet, but getting ready for for what's for what is coming their way. But how I can imagine, Jay, you must be so fidgety. Not really. Um, I, well, I say not really. Um, I've nearly built myself built myself a patio. I've relayed the path. Um, <laughs> I'm improving rapidly on my trumpet. Uh, I. <laughs> Um, I interviewed uh, Rob Kitson last uh, last week to burn up a bit of time as well. Um, that that was good fun. A remarkably nice man. A I, t- remarkably I told you he was a lovely man. He, he really is a nice man. Yeah, I've got to say. Um, I mean, you saw. Uh, oh, this is going back. This was a you took you took umbrage with him over a tweet. I was I was like, he doesn't mean it like that. He's too nice. He's too nice a bloke. He really is a lovely man. Uh, by the way, the Guardian. No, the um. Oh, Guardian. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Guardian uh, rugby writer. And a little synergy from our podcast last week to what I was talking to him about. But I asked him like, what was his first match report? Do you remember? And it was um, it was something like. London bus drivers against central district line drivers. I thought, oh, 
we were actually talking last week about how much we want representative rugby to come back. And it'd be awesome if there was more things like Manchester Tram Drivers Rugby Club versus, you know, um, I'm trying to think of it, like um, Heinz, Heinz Baked Bean uh, Production Networks. Uh, so, um, God, it's not it's not happened for ten years, but I know the the RICS, uh, Royal Institution of Chartered Surveyors, used to do um, a York, Yorkshire versus Lancashire or that, a North versus Northwest. I played in that game five years ago, Phil. More than five years ago, sure. No, it must be not. Maybe more than five years ago. Maybe six years ago. But we played it, and I'm not, as you may know, I'm not a. Oh no, it was more than five years ago. It's not seven years ago. But um, I'm not a chartered surveyor, but I think I played for Yorkshire. <laughs> I've not heard of that for ages. But yeah, they, they used to do that. Um, well, I know the yeah. Barristers Chamber in Manchester, St. John's Chamber, I think, has a rugby team. Or at least they have a rugby tour to Dublin every year. Not necessarily the same thing, is it? Different, yeah. Um, yeah, slightly different. So different. Uh, yeah. So have you had a Negroni in isolation yet? Yes, last night. Last night, we had a um, <laughs> we had a, vir- a virtual beer. Me, Phil, and a friend of ours. Yeah, it was, it was quite good fun. I tell you what, I think. Right, I think that this social isolation might perversely mean that you are making more time to speak to more people. Let me give you an example. Um, if I have to go to a physical beer with someone, right? So, uh, Tim and I went out last Friday. For, that, that's mad well, to think. I remember thinking at the time. I remember thinking at the time when, when you said, "Should we go for a beer?" I remember going, "We probably shouldn't, um, but it'll be okay. We'll, we'll be, we'll, we'll, you know, we'll be respectful of people around us." And and this was only like ten days ago. Yeah, I'm glad we did. And the, and the speed that it's like now that like you'd be a pariah. Well, t- yeah. two weeks two weeks ago. I was at Twickenham with 84,000 other people. <laughs> it's surreal to think that just it was just totally normal. It was on, on people's minds and people were talking about it. And you could see people with alcohol hand gel and that kind of stuff and people not shaking hands. But other than that, it was exactly as normal. Yeah. Well, I, if you think about it, if you go for a beer with someone, you've got to physically be there. So if you, for whatever reason it is, you've got to look after the kids or you can't uh, come out for, what, for whatever reason, you can't physically go for a beer. But last night, we could dip in and out as, like, as and when we wanted. You know, if I wanted to, I could get a friend from Edinburgh to phone in who we would uh, you know, otherwise not see for six months. Well, the, the, so, irony, the irony of all this is I, I now have, because I do my radio show from my loft where I am now, uh, the shipping container from the shipping container. I mean, um, <laughs> I uh, I now have like you know a good four hours a day that I'm not travelling to and from London, freed yeah. up, which I can't. Which would is to be the perfect time when I could actually pop out and do coffee with the boys and uh, go to the gym and CrossFit. Go to the gym, go to CrossFit and stuff. And uh, I've got all this time and can't do it. Yeah, Gordon. So oh, you and you built on your garden as well, so you can't even do your garden. Well, yeah, exactly. Although, geez, I am glad for the extra space indoors at the minute. I'll give you that. <laughs> yeah. um, huh. All right, I'm going to. Oh, also, the memes are just, you know, the memes are off the off the charts at the minute. I have not really seen many memes because I've been semi off Twitter. I mm. noticed this, JB. What's going on? I couldn't be doing with anyone's quote unquote opinion on coronavirus. I decided now is the time to come off Twitter. I don't care about your analysis. I don't care about your opinion or, or 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 the politics behind it. So I just I just came, I just came off it. I thought I'll come back on in full force when we're all allowed outside again. I do have to say, people politicising this are scumbags. Scumbags are, are just the worst. Do it in three weeks' time, or three months' time, whatever it is. Just not now. Yeah. So yeah. So no, I've not really seen many memes. So feel feel free to enlighten me. Oh, I'll send you some. I'll ping some. I'll ping some your way. Um, what, what else have we got? Um, Leicester Tigers. Oh, yeah. Leicester Tigers are no longer up for sale. They've yeah. basically done, done the equivalent of taking their for sale board down because they had a couple of, they had a couple of people turn up just for a little... <laughs> no, they had a couple of neighbours come along on the first date it was up for yeah. sale just to have a nose around the house with no intention of buying it. And then the estate agents didn't get any calls. 
Yeah, who do you reckon? Who do you think went round Leicester to see if it's for sale? Like the Wasps management, and then Northampton showed up. <laughs> Just have yeah. a little nosy round. Well, it's, it's yeah, all be, it's all been mothballed for now. So, I mean, what's the plan for Leicester Tigers here? They're going to put it back on the market, you know, in about three months' time, but. Brew they, a they're, fresh yeah, they're, they're, they're just going to paint the the walls magnolia. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Welford Road, uh, Welford Road is going to be very neutral now. <laughs> <laughs> they, they did say, I'm trying to find the statement here. I can't get it, but it, they said something like, um, they couldn't find a buyer who matched the their like their um, internal processes for the club. And all, and also, the financial had the financial clout to do so, which is not surprising in the current climate because no one will be spending any more money on any investments than is absolutely necessary right now. Yeah, agreed. Uh... Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry, and some well less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs. United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Cool fact: A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. In a lot of ways, I really feel sorry for Leicester. They, they have the right idea. They need new ownership, uh, uh, new ownership in, and they've got one hell of a sporting property there. It is the grandest club in the UK if not the grandest club in all of Europe. I mean, it is, it is the, gem of Eng- the gem of English rugby, despite the results of late. Um, but again, like everything else we've been talking about, it's all about circumstances. So, yeah, again, feel, feel sorry for him. But when it comes back on the market, providing they can find a benefactor who wants to pay 29 chief executives. Well, is, that, is that how many they have now? <laughs> Five directors of rugby, eight head coaches, and then... A board of eight of eighty nine and a rugby a rugby committee. So as long as they want to pay all those and keep that internal process, they should be fine. Well, they they managed to stay up last year and they're going to stay up this year. So who wouldn't want to pay them? Exactly right. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. And do you know what? They only probably need two, one or two more signings at board level, and they could and they can probably climb a few more places. <laughs> Uh, right, we've had uh, we've had a question from Lloyd Rimmer on Twitter. who says, "Right, come on, you've got to answer this question about this current crisis we're in. What would Rob Baxter do?" I've, I've been bobbing up on Twitter every now and again, just a little thing, you know. Just what would Rob Baxter do? Take a breath, take a breath every now and again. Take a breath and just ask yourself, what would Rob Baxter do? How do you think Rob Baxter is? As as I, you know, we kind of believe he's sort of the model human being in the rugby world. You think he is? I, I've got I, reservations. I I think he is. Um, I think he's pretty good. He's very good, isn't he? Um, but the more you like him, the more I've got to push back up, back on that. <laughs> Just the rules, isn't it? Um, so, how, what do how, I is, think he... how is Rob Baxter dealing with this? Do you imagine? My guess is Rob Baxter staying indoors. I think Rob Baxter is following the advice, the letter of the law, and he's very much doing what Rob Baxter would do, which is controlling his controllables. Yeah, that sounds sensible. Um, yeah, I, he's, he's I think buying he, a responsible he, amount of food from the supermarket. Yeah, probably. Yeah, only what he needs. Not panicking. Not panicking he, whatsoever. He's, he's probably the meal. I reckon he's probably the meal plans. Uh, and he's definitely offering help, but not being too pushy. Offering help to his um, elderly and vulnerable neighbours as well. Yeah, I, yeah, controlling. He's been consciously competent whilst controlling his controllables. I would say. I bet you he's genuinely. I bet he has been spent most of his days on the phone, calling round to all his players, just like little five-minute check-ins. I bet you he's doing that all the time. How was how was your weight? How was your home fitness session today? What how'd you get on? I was gonna say, yeah. Uh, how are you? Yeah, good. Right, let's get down to brass tacks. How many press-ups have, um, <laughs> have you done? How much running on the spot have you done? 
Because um, <laughs> remember, like, can you think of a worse way to treat professional athletes than keeping them at home with a PlayStation, um, telling them they can't go outside, and just to be safe, lads, only get, order, uh, only get taken food. These lads must be burning 5,000 calories a day training. And now they're not training at all. We're going to see some awful rigs in five weeks' time. So a load, a load of them have taken home bits of gym kit. Have they? Yeah, so loads that like, people have taken Watt bike homes and Concept 2 rowers. Um, I'm sure a few of the boys have got proper gym setups anyway at home. Depending but they on haven't, they mate. I don't know, maybe some of them. I don't think they have. I mean, if you were... Northampton Saints put out a, a little in, in a press conference. I don't know which who from Northampton Saints is, but they basically said in a press conference, um, the, uh, the, uh, the, the skinny lads have taken some weights back and the fat yeah. lads have taken the cardio equipment. Yeah, I did see yeah. that. I, <laughs> I honestly think we're going to see some lads come back who are in horrific shape. Well, that, that's one of the key challenges now. So, like, if, you, if you're working as a team, this, this is almost going to be like a mini pre-season or, or a much longer pre-season. But if you've got a pre-season, you have a fixed point that you know you're going to be starting playing games. So your training, yeah. your training is designed to get your fitness, your strength, and your skills to a point when you can um, play, including, including deload weeks and tapering weeks and all the rest of it. Whereas now... No, I, we, we might not see a game. I, I, think, I think best case scenario is we might see some games September behind Straight, closed doors. Yeah. And I, think, I, think, I think there's a good chance we won't see any games in 2020. Wow. Yeah. You Genuinely. Oh, yeah, I, I agree with Phil. Uh, com- uh, completely. In terms of the players, I'll just give you an example, right? There's a prop that I know at, at sale, and he eats... 5,000 calories a day. Come what may, that's just what... what I'm doing that now. I'm snap bloody working from home. The, the snacking <laughs> temptation is ridiculous. Is it? Do you know, I had a Domino's pizza because obviously they were free to NHS staff on Friday. So, yeah. so I shared half, right? Do you know how many... Sorry, I googled calories in a Domino's pizza. Two questions. What do you think the calories are? And question number two... For what portion did they give? Did they quote the calories? How how uh, big? How big is the pizza? Well, it was a so, large pizza. Okay, okay. so I'm, is it large, mighty, meaty, whatever it is? Okay, so, I, I'm going to guess three hundred calories a slice. Good, Phil. So I, I was going to say six hundred per quarter, which <laughs> might be two slices. I was going to say 900 per three (laughs) per third, (laughs) which is three slices. So three slices, it's over 700 calories. Is that is that a quarter or is that a? uh, That's about a quarter. Yeah, yeah. 700. Yeah, for about a quarter of a pizza, 700 calories. That's a lot. So so when it flashed up 700 calories, oh. That's doable. Maybe serving serving suggestions half pizza. No, no, quarter of a pizza. That's yeah. an, that's unbelievable. The serving suggestions for things like that are ridiculous. Like um, Pringles, it's like um, one fifth of a of a tube of your <laughs> serving suggestion. Who's, who's ever had that? So, yeah. so basically, yeah. Who, who's yeah. They're, they're, also, their strap line was always yeah. "Once you pop, you can't stop." <laughs> <laughs> once, yeah. once you pop you have a responsible amount and then you put the top <laughs> right back on so effectively when you buy a pack of Pringles that's five days worth of Pringles there yeah. <laughs> I, might, I might be slightly wrong but it's, it's that kind of thing might be a quarter of a tub yeah um, is, I think that's all is, is that all of our rugby news uh, Alex Lazowski rumoured to Toulouse Sione Calamaphoni rumoured to go to Scarlet's where he used to work for well he, when he came over to the UK he uh, went to Nottingham Glenn Delaney brought Glenn Delaney him. Glenn Delaney's yeah. about to be head coach of the Scarlet's so yeah. but, but Lazowski to Toulouse rather than Bath like it Lazowski right is a player of immense quality but for whatever reason it is whether just because he doesn't quite know where he's going to play or you know that 13 channel is just too congested He's not got a realistic shot of being an, Eng- an English regular. Maybe he does if everything falls his way and he has a great game. He's definitely got the talent to do it, but just as things are, he's not in the picture. 
And if you could go and play in front of that crowd for a year, yeah. play with those players for a year. I mean, yeah. he just would suit that so well. I mean, if you think about it, they had Toby Flood, who went there for a number of years. He went as a 10 and ended up playing all sorts of positions, including 13. Well, Lazowski will show up as a 13, but can also play 10, can play across the back line. He's a great signing for them. I think, I, I think that is a very, very nice piece of business if they can get it done. Yeah, and it'll be, good, it'll be a great fit for Toulouse because Lazowski will fit really well into that setup. But for Lazowski to go and experience something else and add something to his game, he will, learn, he will learn in that environment. Yeah, and even, yeah, more for me, just get the money. Just get the money. Yeah. yeah. Because how old is he now? He's, he must be over 23. Uh, over 23, I guess. He's 26. Is he that old? I remember him. 27, 27 in the summer. When was he 19? I remember him being 19. Well, so he... We've not done this podcast for that long. He came after uni. So he started... He went to Leeds University and then... Um, started playing for Wasps after university. No. Yeah. I thought he was much young, uh, younger than that. Oh, we'll no. definitely go to France. It's done. It's over. <laughs> uh, I, I, I agree. It's, and it's not going to... The, the England 13 spot is not going to get any less congested when Marchant comes back from um, New Zealand as well. So, now, that's presum- a small presumably, he, presumably, he's already back now. He, he, I yeah, he, 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 yeah, I guess he is. Now, that is an even smarter move, right? Because I think Tim might have been speaking about Marchant as an English centre at some point. But he I certainly years wasn't. Years ago, back in 2016, thank you yeah. very much. But I yeah. certainly wasn't. I mean, if he'd stayed at Harlequins, I, nothing that I've seen about him previously makes me think he was nailed. Certainly no, no more than Lazowski. But having a little bit of time in New Zealand does wonders for your CV. Ask Pierce Francis. Yeah. Um, and Simmons, the second row. Who was, yeah. He captained the, the Chiefs, Chiefs a couple of times out there. And then everyone was calling him to be starting for England. And exactly. He got back to the UK and everyone realised he probably shouldn't be starting for England. Um, yeah, probably not quite English. Very good player, though. Very good player, but maybe not quite Englandish. Yeah, not not even close, in my in my humble opinion. Yeah, yeah. So uh, big fan of that one. Uh, I'm I'm gonna Toby Simmington has got in touch. And yes, I'm, please. I'm gonna do this now. Obviously, I just just gonna reiterate once again before I do this. JB and Phil both have wives who are anaesthetists and will be treating people who come into hospital affected with COVID-19. My sister works in an intensive care unit at, at Guy's St. Thomas's Hospital um, as well. So no, no one is being flippant about how serious the thing is. Toby Simington, oh, I can't wait for what you've got, got, got up your sleeve now. Toby Simington <laughs> has come up with a, a, a team which he's called the Wuhan Pangolins 15. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> How long until the Wuhan Pangolins are a genuine sevens team in Brighton? <laughs> the Wuhan Pangolins 15 comprises Jani Flupasi. Oh my God. Oh no. I hate 15 so much. I, I know you do. That's, that's, that's why I thought... This I, is I, so painful. Go I on. quite liked it. This, is, this is more painful than actually contracting the virus. From, uh, <laughs> from, from Dark Harlequin on Twitter. His, his suggestion for a loose head was also Mako Vun Ebola. Oh, that's quite good. Nice. That's yeah. good. Uh, back to Toby Symington's a hooker, Luke Cowan Sicky. Okay. Okay. You could, you could have had Biz Mask do, uh, flu plus C. Uh, Biz, Biz Mask is good. Uh, Nicola, Nicola Mass Gathering. Mm. Oh, prop. God. <laughs> <laughs> uh, in the second row, Sam White Lockdown. And Ian Cough. Nice. Sam White, White's Lockdown. That, I, I can see that just being quite a good nickname anyway. The lockdown. Maybe more, maybe more for an open side flanker tackling, uh, uh, you know, someone who's really good at dispatching tens and, and locking them down. That's a good shout. Uh, back, speaking of back rows, uh, Todd Fever instead of Todd Clever. Fever, it yeah, clever. Yeah. Uh, this one's a bit tenuous as well. James Maskell. Oh, uh, God. oh, by the way, did you see Hask? Hask was uh, doing a, a DJ set on Instagram. 
Was he? Was he? Yeah, for people to have a Saturday night party in their living room. Why did I know about this? That would have been been perfect for yesterday. Perfect background for our little online booze. Yeah. Uh, Facundo, number eight. uh, Facundo Isolation. Uh, I think you'll like the halfbacks. I think you'll like the halfbacks. <laughs> I hope so, Tim. I hope so. He's very outstanding. Scrum half. Vaccine Machino. Nice. Oh dear. And, like um, is, and is Vaccine Machino a, um, a pox kicker? <laughs> uh, fly half. Wuhan Pinar. Oh. Well, that's very good. Well done. You can have that one. The, the left wing is Corona Lomu. Oh, yeah, good. Nice. Uh, the 12, JJ, wash your hand hands. That's quite good, actually. That's okay. That's okay. I can see that one. Playing out of position, the 13, Jacob Stockpile. <laughs> <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> The right wing, James Simpton Daniel. Nice. Uh, decent, decent. Fullback, Tom working from Homer. Like that. <laughs> and, I do the like co- that one. and the coach, Brendan Ventilator. Nice. Excellent. Excellent. Nice. Dr. Thank Ventilator. To- Dr. Dr. Ventilator, yeah. Thank you, Toby, for taking the trouble. Uh, you can you can email us, by the way, contacteggchasers at gmail.com. Lots of people have for the uh, for the rugby game we're reviewing this weekend, which we will get on to. Any other business? No, I don't think there is. Yeah, that's about everything for now. Yeah, until we actually have some news about when the club's going back in and whatnot, this'll be it. This'll be us. I mean, if you have some news, we'll certainly talk about it, but that's it. Are there, are there things still being constructed, Phil, for you to oversee? Um, <clears throat> yes, but I'm not sure for how much longer. Um, it's in very interesting, very nerve-wracking time, actually, for mm. the for the construction industry. Cause I can imagine. I was, I was talking to JB about this the other day, but um, historically, construction is last into recession and last out because projects take so long to get up and running and so long when they're up and running so like in 2008 construction was fine until about 2010 but then didn't really pick up until about 2014 whereas now there's a lot of things which are just being stopped immediately and so we'll be first into recession or same as everyone else into recession but could take a long time to come out of it so it's a bit nerve-wracking for for the old construction um, it's kind of similar. So but, uh, th- th- these things come in, come, in, come in waves for lots of different reasons. I was, I was having a chat about this the other day because I remember from um, 2008, the effect it had on radio. Yeah. And like, for, for example, so basically w- w- lots of companies will come out of this and will say, oh, we need, to, we need to pull back on our advertising spend. That's one place we can, or marketing money, that's one place we can save a bit of cash. And then, of course, that means people advertise less on TV and radio which means radio stations and TV networks have to sort of say, oh, we need to cut our cloth a little bit. So I'm imagining if it, if it affects me, it will be, it'll be several months after this happens. But it, it, it just, the ramifications are all over the shop. Yeah, yeah when, the new, when the new budgets, budgets come out. Yeah. It'll be very interesting because at the moment, I'm, I'm actually on gardening leave, so I'm, I'm quite fortunate. Um, it'll be very interesting to see where the investment landscape is after this how much damage there's been to the public perception of uh, investments, pensions and whatnot. Because, I mean, you know, luckily, I've not had to deal with any of it because, well, I'm not working with my, with, with my, old, with my old clients. I will be again very, very shortly. But, um, yeah, I, there must be a lot of people out there who've lost a lot of money at particularly sensitive times for them. If, yeah, I, if, if, if I was approaching people. retirement, I would be like crying and putting back my retirement by several years based on i think that's basically what a lot of people will have to do yeah no yeah. choice about it a lot of people will so yeah very very difficult times for them but yeah. as i say i'm um i'm a gardening leave so i've i've kind of missed all missed all um, all of that carnage yeah i am going to ask this one question bearing in mind what i talked about with, with advertising money and, and various things uh, I, I think you'll understand why I, I can't comment on it, but I didn't want to be seen to be dodging a question because it's quite an interesting talking point, I think. So I think we can have a, a, an objective chat about it. But um, I'm trying to find the tweet here. But 
We've had some people. Oh, there you go. Chez come on Twitter, uh, tweeted to at Rugby Podcast and said, "Should people like Sky Sports and BT Sport uh, um, suspend subscription, given now it's mostly showing repeats?" Yeah, I think. Go on, Phil. I I think yes. It feels like yes, but I've not thought through the consequences of it. I think it's probably a little bit more complicated than that. Yeah. So the subscription, you feel as a consumer that you are number one because we've been told as consumers we are number one. And you, in, a, in a normal functioning economy, you probably are. But you're not the only, the only factor in Sky Sports decisions here. So, for instance, Sky Sports or BT Sport will be paying out vast sums of money and that vast amount of money will be going to, say, uh, the Premiership or um, the Premier League or whatever the league is that they, that they choose. But in the same way that they've turned off their funding for the leagues, which I'm sure they have, it wouldn't surprise me one bit if all of the betting companies, all of the sponsors, all the people that fund the, fund the broadcasters themselves have also turned off their advertising spend. And I think that can be done almost immediately. Yeah. But it, it seems like it's a chain, isn't it? So like... yeah. Uh, yeah, and and if if it's if the re- clubs are getting no revenue because the TV companies are getting no revenue because the the um, co- betting companies and the advertising the companies who advertise on there are giving them no revenue, then surely the the break in the chain needs to also be passed on to the consumer. So there's just none of those revenues are flowing, and everyone consolidates their cash position right now. Yeah, I think otherwise, so. otherwise you're ask, otherwise you're asking lots of individuals to prop up the cash flow for the but corporation. I, I, I don't know, because I also think that the people who are left holding the baby, so to speak, are the people who have got contractual obligations. Uh, now, if your contractual obligation is you're in for 12 months, you're in for 12 months whether they're showing sport or not in the same way that if a rugby club has to pay a, a player for five years, they're paying a player for five, for five years. Now, they can agree to you know, reduce that as we've, as we've spoken, uh, spoken, spoken about before. But I just think everyone will, be, everyone will be acting in accordance to whatever their contracts say at that time, which is uh, tough for the consumer, but actually um, that's just how it is because all of the gambling firms, I guess, have pulled their advertising spend immediately. They can't be expected to spend money on games which don't exist. Yeah, but but yeah. Do you see what I mean? Um, yeah, and anyone who anyone who has got a contract that's out of the initial twelve months probably should do the same. And I, do you know what I would say on that as well? Which is um, rather than cancelling subscriptions, because if I, from a business point of view, I'd never want to do that. What I want to do that as you know, as last minute as I possibly could. They could keep the subscriptions, but just put this put the Sky Channels free free to air and show repeats. And the reason I do that is just say, well, you know, here's something to keep you entertained whilst you're in lockdown. Yeah, you know, it's completely meaningless because you've got no real property on there, but you might build up a little bit of goodwill. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Yeah, but, but potentially, um, I think uh, like there are some things that uh, that I'm paying for now that I'm not getting. The service I'm paying for, but I'm more than happy to continue. For example, which are voluntary, uh, by the way, like for example, and I'd encourage anyone who can, and I'm sure a lot of people are doing this at, at Talk H, but but I'm keeping my subs going to the rugby club that my son would play rugby at. That's a yep. fantastic point. I need to cancel my subs ASAP <laughs> <laughs> until, until I'm guaranteed a game. <laughs> and and more than that I actually just almost symbolically because there was no way of just chucking 20 quid or 50 quid or whatever there's no way of just handing that money over maybe some rugby clubs will get to the point where they actually have some sort of um, charity drives or fundraising uh, you know where they're actually saying we're a bit hard up here but uh, I know I know the, the the situation that my local rugby club is is in so I, I just went onto the club shop and and, and bought a couple of things for for my son as well just just so so there are lots of people doing lots of things over and above if you feel like you want to i guess my point is if you feel like you want to um how about your club in some way to take out take out your money from one place if you can put it towards the rugby club i know that'll be a, that'll be a really valuable and very much much needed place to put it yeah so now, d- now you- that you can't give them your custom for a beer 
yeah, do you know what the really difficult thing is with all this is the natural human inclination to want to help someone usually involves going around and actually physically doing something, which is exactly what you can't do in this situation, which is why everyone feels so awfully helpless. Yeah. That's a worst, that is the worst part. You know, there's nothing I'd rather be doing than helping my, you know, my restaurant owning friend or my bar owning friend by going for a drink there. But that's literally the, the only thing I can't do. Yeah. Well, so, I mean, but at least at least the celebrities are helping by doing uh, doing their version of John Legend, uh, John John Lennon's Imagine. <laughs> oh yeah, we we had a, a, a <laughs> we had a, a WhatsApp group um, about this about uh, exactly how in, how annoying it was, yet how inspiring it was. <laughs> uh, friend friend of the pod and, and all round good bloke Nick Heath has absolutely smashed it out of the park, hasn't he? Yeah. yeah, now I was wondering about this. Has he got stock footage of people doing stuff? Or has he done the commentary live? I should really give him a text and find out. I, I think I, I'm pretty sure that the audio quality is too good to have done it live. He's gone out and videoed it himself on his phone, taken it home, uh, and added the has video he, over the top. I think so, because then there's no rights issues over the video and all the rest of it. You just. Ah, uh, yeah, maybe. So I wasn't sure if he, like, he just went on YouTube and said people at market and then. It doesn't really matter how he's done it. They're bloody brilliant. But I, I was just wondering, like, if I was bought, bought at home, maybe I'd, maybe I'd do, do that. But I've even, had, I've even had mates of mine not in rugby pinging it to me on WhatsApp groups on, as like, a, oh, have you seen this? Uh, <laughs> it is very, yeah, very good. So fair play. So there yeah. are, as with all these situations, there are opportunities. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, as, a, as a, like a, someone who is sort of self-employed and, you know, always has to, has to have the spectre of not having a job over the hill. That's, that's one thing you get wired to do is just spot the opportunities that are around. And there are a few. Watch this space. Mm, interesting. But on that, actually, um, let's, 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 let's go. Let's take a break and, and, and do our second podcast, which is all about a particular game, which we ask you to watch as homework. What a game. <laughs> My yeah. favorite game of all time. It, it was it was immense. I had so much fun watching it. But um, guys, this this worked out all right. I think. Uh, touch wood. We haven't heard the audio the other side of it yet. But uh, obviously, <laughs> we appreciate your um, patience with us, audio quality wise. Um, and yeah, we hope you're all safe and well, looking after each other, looking after yourselves. Uh, but hit subscribe uh, at Rugby Podcast on Twitter. We'll keep these coming. We'll do as many as we can. Um, we might even be able to do more shorter ones. Or if you've got any ideas for things you want us to do, uh, let us know. We're contact eggchasers at gmail.com at Rugby Podcast on Twitter. He's at JB Moore. I'm at Cocker. Phil's lurking. He'll let you know. Actually, Phil, how many workouts have you done in your home gym? I'm so envious of that now. Um, a few this week. Three or four. I have been out for a couple of runs as well. Um, not not doing too badly. I've got a rowing machine, which has come in handy. It has just been a clothes horse for the last couple of years, but it's actually... Uh, room, I'd love a rowing machine in the gym, actually, downstairs. That'd be good. Hmm. Mm. Might buy myself a kettlebell. <laughs> just one. one yeah, I just need a, a, you can do a, a remarkable, remarkable amount of things with one 24kg kettlebell. Nice, that, good size. That That is what you need uh, to, to, to get back on Twitter doing, JB. Do, do your workouts. JB doing workouts. Yeah. On your new patio. On my new patio at 11 o'clock, Diet Coke break. Diet, <laughs> Diet Coke break with JB. <laughs> what are the rules on getting people in to do work? Because I, I need a, um, a pull-up bar put up on the outside. Have you seen my pull-up? Um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm envious of that That's as well. Nice. I, want, I want the pull-up bar. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to focus on like doing a bit of calisthenic type stuff in the back garden. I guess the answer to your question is that uh, you've got to pay them a mighty big risk premium because mm. people are paying money to, to uh, money to do things. Yeah. Um, like there was all those idiots, isn't there? Have you seen all the idiots that, uh, today going to the Lake District and Snowdon and Snowdonia, the, the busiest weekend they've ever had. Yeah, I mean yeah. that's just. Can I just say if you're gonna if you want to um, go to Snowdon, North Wales, where I live, and put all my family at risk and all the rest of it. Please do, but do it in my in my holiday flat. I've got a really nice holiday flat, which I can really do with letting out. So that's North Wales holiday cottages. If you just have a look on there, you'll find my um, you'll find my flat Holfren. If you're going to put the family at, at risk, please do it in my flat. 
Well, there you go. That's you know, get JB back on Twitter if you want to find him at JB on Twitter. If you want to let out his cottage, you want a bit of isolation in a beautiful park. Right, it's right on the coast. Right on the coast, literally by the Gun- by the Gunway train station. Couldn't be nicer. You can see the castle from, from the windows. Gen- genuinely, if there was like a zombie outbreak type thing, that's where you'd be heading, isn't it? That's, that's yeah, pretty much. Spot. Yeah, it is, it, it's ideal. I, could, I can fish for my tea. I, I, I can do the lot there. Play golf <laughs> if the golf course is open. Walk on the beach. Two meters apart from anyone else. It, it couldn't. It couldn't be better for you and your isolation needs. Right on that. But <laughs> on that. On that, we'll leave it, and we'll see you on the next pod. Bye bye. Bye guys. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.